Welcome to the Ankler Podcast. This is Sean McNulty from the Wake Up Newsletter here at the Ankler on uh, Friday, September 22nd, uh, specifically recording at uh, 11.30 a.m. Pacific time, we should note. Uh, Elaine, are you in charge of keeping your eye on the inbox for any updates or can we designate? Is that your, <laughs> we count on you for that? Yeah, absolutely. Cautious optimism is the phrase of the week here. <laughs> right. Promising, cautious optimism. Yeah, right. The phrases that have come out of this, is the, of course, talking about the WGA and AMPTP negotiations, which went up a notch. Uh, the, of course, is Elaine Lowe. Peter Kiefer is back as well. And as always, uh, the heir to the Fox Corp kingdom himself, uh, Richard Rushfield. Uh, <laughs> Richard, I had no idea you were Rupert's uh, half-brother. Uh, which character were you on Succession? I didn't know this. Yeah, you know, I I, I just like to be uh, judged by my own accomplishments. I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want the fact that, uh, that I own a, a major studio to influence the way people treat me or look at me <laughs> we're, we're not getting eldest boy vibes from richard here <laughs> no no just uh just uh a work just a working columnist <laughs> we'll see what you get in the will right uh, richard but uh tbd uh elaine are you uh heading out to the strikes again at some point after we record here i guess today is that uh just to see what the what the vibe is on the on this potential big day Potential, potential. Again, cautious optimism is the phrase that I heard over and over again when I was out on the picket lines on Thursday. I stopped by Warner Brothers, very tentative. Again, optimism that maybe because the WGA and AMPTP have now been talking for, they're on their third straight day of talks now. Uh, And I also made a stop by Bob's Big Boy in Burbank, which is the local diner where Drew Carey is picking up the tab on all of the striking writers' meals. And he's run up a very impressive tab of somewhere between four hundred dollars and $600,000, the local manager tells me. Wow. All right. Did you get something? I bought a strawberry pie. Yes, a whole strawberry pie. I need it after this week. <laughs> so uh, I had a question from, from what are what are the guardrails to keep writers, to keep people from coming and ordering you know, 30 burgers to go or my senses people are honoring it. You come in, you show your WGA card, and then there's a cute little guest book at the counter where people are signing thank you notes for Drew. That's 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 very honorable. I mean, that's all Seth MacFarlane is setting up five million dollars. Is that it, Elaine to the entertainment yeah. fund? I think that might be on top of another one mil he already gave. I'm not sure. Yeah, back in July. Yeah. And they're yeah. they're supposedly working with them to set up a, a, a a $10 million fund people or a goal of $10 million for people to contribute to. So he's definitely been taking a, a lead there as well to help out. They were giving out 400 to $500,000 a week uh, at this point, Elaine, which is just a, a number that boggles the mind. Um, so set the table, if you will, Elaine, you know, obviously little leaks and drabs are coming out a little bit, not a lot, but where, where are we at here? You know, uh, as we, approach midday here on on friday as to what's left on the table what's you know where are we at we're on day 144 the only things we know for sure is that it's day 144 they are on day three of these renewed negotiations we know that they talked for a spell in august we're talking for a few weeks are now back at the table there are probably lots of reports about the things they're getting hung up on and the things they're not. But honestly, the only thing we can be sure of is that they're actually still talking, which at this stage seems like immense progress for them to have met for a third day in a row. Yeah. Uh, Richard, have you had a, a conversation this week that was not dominated by the strike or what? No, no. I just 
all day it's like a big uh, rotisserie through my uh, text messages what have you heard is it over are they meeting are they not meeting is the meeting stopped is did they come to agreement did they break down uh is, is it still going on like just it, at, at points it's hard to tell whether you're just hearing one rumor going in circles very fast through through all of hollywood or is or is the rumor evolving as it goes along or is this a different rumor that's come in so uh everyone is is sort of desperate for information and and glued to their uh text messaging apps to uh see what's going on but not a lot of information not a lot of real hard information to be had despite all that it's tempting to want to scrutinize the very limited information that comes out of these entities we've had the the most staccato of updates from the guild of just we met today we will meet again tomorrow uh, but the fact that there was a very rare joint statement from the AMPTP and the WGA the other day saying, we met today and we will meet tomorrow. It's like, what does that mean that they issued a joint statement together? That Does that mean that they're getting along well enough to issue a joint statement? Is this a sign of progress? So, yeah, you, you can drive yourself nuts trying to trying to read through all of that. My prediction is that we'll know when we know. Yeah, exactly. And we probably won't know before that. And we won't, right? We won't know. We won't know before that. Yeah. So, uh, well, Peter, you had a good piece in the Ankler this week about how this is all, uh, all the strikes, just our strike talk, and all strike activity is up muting the uh, political donations process, which we're going to get to momentarily. But uh, you know, earlier this week there was rumblings of Gavin Newsom getting involved. I've, um, what's uh, you know, did the Quad's involvement, that being uh, you know, Bob, Ted, Donna, and Zaz, uh, kind of save the politicians here? What? <laughs> give me a little color on that at this point. I mean, I, I, Richard's touched upon this in his columns, and uh, you know, I, I I got that interview with uh, Mayor Bass a while back, um, and it's like when when a strike goes on as long as this one has, it 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 just becomes a political liability, and it is, um, and it starts with the mayor, and it sort of moves outward. It becomes you know the governor's problem. And then I think at this point, um, uh, it's starting to be a problem uh, for President Biden. I don't know if those four names that you mentioned are in any way helpful uh, for for them stepping up or not. I think in in many ways they impede um, a, a certain type of fundraising that the town is accustomed to um, engaging in at this stage in the uh, the political cycle. But you know, I like we'll see what happens in the next forty eight hours. The piece I did this week was of um, just a look at how how little fundraising has been going on. Uh, for Biden and for the for the Democrats over the past uh, three to four months, it's 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 kind of shocking. As somebody who's tracks this stuff and has reported on it uh, in the past, it's um it's kind of remarkable. You, you mostly journalists are chasing these big ticket fundraisers and trying to break the story, and there's nothing to break right now. At a standstill, from it seemed from your piece, it just seemed like the usual. You know, there's a couple of people who usually maybe you know do big events, and none of them seem to be doing anything at this point. Yeah, and I mean, I think that the problems on many sides of this one uh, democratic politicians because because the democratic party is so tethered to you know labor uh, nationally locally and regionally and nationally the politicians don't want to come here and appear to be you know crossing the picket line and trying to raise money um additionally you've seen the various sort of titans of our industry uh be vilified throughout this whole strike process so i mean the optics on having just using Ted Sarandos as an as a, an example, him ho or his wife Nicole Avant hosting an event, which they have done in the past, is just not going to work for a politician right now. Right. Uh, and and then you throw in the fact that so many people are suffering financially, 
and the, the idea that you would come out to Southern California at this moment in time and, and sort of ask people to you know give you money. So it's just it's all very unseemly across the board. And that is basically the reason why, you know, there's there's very little action happening right now. And that's a problem when you look back in the 2020 cycle and you realize that California uh, gave more money to the Biden campaign than any other state by far. Yeah. And look, we're not at the we're not, we're not at like treacherous territory quite yet, but, you know, we're getting into it soon. Um, so that was sort of the jumping off point for the story that I wrote and we published this week. Yeah. And he raised, uh, $305 million from California in 2020, which is, you know, an astounding figure. And, and he has not set foot in the state since the strike started. Is that right, Peter? Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's, and he's got a, um, he's flying to California, uh, next week for two fundraisers, but they're both, uh, up in the Bay area. Uh, one he's has in Atherton and then another one um, in this in San Francisco proper. And then he's just flying back. And that's just sort of tip. That's just unheard of, actually, for, you know, the leader of the Democratic Party to come for a fundraising trip to, to California and, and not stop in Southern California. It is so rare. We had our researcher look into it and he's like, I, I can't really even find the most recent example of that happening. So clearly this the strike is having a, uh, an impact on the president's uh, travel schedule and where air force one is comfortable landing and i think that you know in talking to people who are experts in this field if you use 2020 the, the last election cycle hollywood was very sort of scattered about where it was giving its money you know there was a lot more candidates in the democratic primary back then and you know they had not coalesced behind biden and uh, by any stretch um, so there still is time for, you know, the 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 unity of the industry and and the resources of the industry to sort of you know kick up a notch and 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 play the role that it has traditionally played. But right now, it's just it's just clearly not happening. And I think that uh, you know, I, I guess there's there is there is one event. Sherrod Brown is coming to town. I think next week, and one of the Crooked Media guys is hosting an event for him. And that's interesting uh, because. Uh, Sherrod Brown is coming from Ohio, which is uh, where actually one of the UAW automotive plants are, are actually striking. So it, there's there's an interesting juxtaposition about the way that the auto workers strike and the optics surrounding that and the way the Biden administration is handling that versus the optics surrounding the WGA and SAG after strike and the way the, the, the administration is handling this one. But also there's a Senate seat you guys have, Peter, right? Open next year. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, Diane Feinstein's seat is up, um, and so that was another thing that came up in my reporting was that race. And then there's three very prominent uh, Democrats who are are vying for it, and California is an extremely expensive state to run an election in, uh, and that primary is probably going to be the most expensive primary in the, in in history, um, and it's tapping and sucking a lot of resources, uh, and a lot of people inside California Democratic Party are. You know, it's important and you can't ignore it. But the three candidates, are, there's not a huge ideological difference between the three of them. They all kind of believe the same things on sort of the big ticket, big ticket policy issues. So people very quietly are grumbling, like, why are we spending all these all this time, money and resources on this one race when whoever wins and they're all all three are very good candidates, in my estimation. Um, but there's not a huge difference between them. And some people are just quietly going, I, this is, I'm not sure this is the best use of our resources and time and money. 
on top of the strike, it's like, yeah, that's definitely a, even a lower priority, if you will, or the, uh, getting less attention for, for sure. I'll say I, I heard some buzz from uh, the writers that this weekend, uh, Gavin Newsom made a statement that he had he had talked to some of the CEOs and he was he was concerned and involved in what um, which was a very non-committal statement but more than he said before so, right. so a lot of writers I know were interpreting that as a sign that he knew that it was already over and that a deal was a deal was happening and just wanted to jump in front of the parade before it got to the uh, finish line there a politician richard that would never happen what are you talking about <laughs> Elena, i am curious you know that you've spent you know another week on the strike line this week did you sense anything different i mean obviously yesterday seems a little more hopeful but you know last week is i think even on the podcast we were all all of us were still a little kind of at a, at a bottom there uh did this week feel any different out there for for you or sense anything or, or not necessarily uh, I was talking to some of the local strike captains and they say the mood has been pretty steady as it is. It's been fairly stable out there. I, I visited Warner Brothers yesterday and to me it seemed a little more mellow than it's been in previous days. But I know that today on Friday, uh, the WGA had encouraged members to really come out and continue to pick it regardless of where uh, they are in the negotiations. So I expect that the the pickets look fairly robust today. So, yes, Elaine, you'll be wrapping all that up tonight uh, in Strike Guys, of course, I would imagine. Yes. Uh, we'll see how early or late that newsletter goes out, depending yes. on whether there's any news or whether we'll all be at expense over the weekend. I think we should note, uh, you know, for looking ahead to this, that you have Yom Kippur coming on on, on Sunday evening. So right. presumably the talks would shut down. And, and um, so if you're just kind of looking at where it would play out you would you would think they would try to get an announcement ahead of that so right if they can't get it done today then then they've got till sunday afternoon and then they have to break off and then we're looking then we're talking about wednesday if there's a deal if there's a deal exactly um while all that was going on uh a lot was going on in streaming i'm curious we i'm gonna run through the list here uh curious if any of this made any of your radars or conversations but uh Disney moved Monday Night Football back to ABC, essentially, something that's been exclusive to the cable bundle since 2006. Why did I think you were going to say they moved Monday Night Football to another night? <laughs> <laughs> it's now Tuesday Night Football. No one noticed. This is where my brain is on day 144. <laughs> <laughs> I will say no for Elaine on that radar. Peter, maybe a little bit of your radar, Peter. I don't know. A little bit, yeah. After after the Aaron Rodgers drama, I'm sort of like it weirdly piqued my morbid curiosity about the season. <laughs> right, and all the Jet games that are still in the prime slots. Yeah. Uh, then the next day we had uh, the Big Max announcement. They're putting their entire sports package on streaming, uh, or again, all still in the bundle, but you can get it for ten dollars a month on top of your Max subscription. That's NBA, NHL, baseball playoffs, and baseball during the year, March Madness. So not NFL, but all the other premier leagues there, uh, games from all those all those leagues. Uh, then the newly uh, christened TKO, uh, and, uh, a division of Endeavor, uh, put their biggest franchise, Friday Night SmackDown, back into the bundle for five years uh, with USA Network. Uh, they're going to have four primetime specials on NBC as well. You'll be able to watch SmackDown on Peacock the next day. And since it's all scripted, that probably, you know, not as much of a live factor there, but a uh, big move, movement there. And then Amazon uh, this morning essentially turned Amazon Prime into an ad tier. So if you have Amazon now, 
come early 2024, uh, you're going to have ads unless you opt to pay $3 a month more uh, for Amazon Prime Video. Um, the ad tier is the default. It's not something you select. So all major shifts that I don't know that I hear anybody really <laughs> talking about or just. Well, here's a here's a serious question for you. Yeah, please. Does anybody watch sports? <laughs> um, you know, anybody to the tune of 25 million people on a Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I would say that's that's pretty accurate. 20 million people on a on a Sunday night. Sounds like a little niche uh, boutique. A niche, a niche <laughs> endeavor. Yeah, exactly. Look, certain sports are. I mean, Thursday night baseball on Fox gets about 1.5 million viewers. So it depends upon your sport, certainly. But when it comes yeah. to the NHL, that's that's uh, way below an episode of Mad Men. Uh, <laughs> or succession or or, or as I pointed out in the wake up uh, the Emmys or the you know the Oscars. Um a big shift here and all in one week. And this is all essentially things leaving the cable bundle, except for wrestling, which went back in. Uh, but Elaine, none of this is probably not being talked about on the strike lines is, you know, this all affects the bottom lines of all these companies that are involved here. Sports really a non-issue. It's, it's all scripted TV and scripted film concerns on the strike lines. Yeah. Curious thing, but anyway, I wrote about them all week in the Wake Up. I have obsessed with so If anybody else wants to find out more, you can go read uh, the Wake Up newsletters this week and the all the breaking down all the details there um, on each of those things. But Sean, what's your how? Why is all that news concentrated in such a period, short period of time? Is there a is there a reasonable explanation for that? I mean, honestly, I'd like to say there's a, a strategy here. The Max thing was going to happen because the NHL uh, starts in two weeks, you know, uh, and Warblers had said that was coming. We didn't know what the price was. We didn't have the details. So that was just a timing factor, I think. And TKO just went public. So they are probably holding that until the, the stock was out. Unfortunately, Wall Street was not pleased with it because it was only a 40% increase on their last deal. And they were thinking we'd be more at least half or maybe even close to 2x the price. And they only got about plus 40%. So that stock dropped 15% yesterday. But um, the Disney thing, I think, is directly out of the charter thing. Uh, at this point, all bets are off with that. So, they're, you know, after that charter made that move, that really triggered a lot of this stuff where maybe that's just it, where they know that the cable company or a major cable company does not care anymore. So these, these moves that would have been seismic even six months ago are treated with a little more of a shrug than they would have before Peter. So, uh, you know, maybe not a timing for the rationale, but just the West, why this freedom is maybe more out there. The charter thing was, you know, just a huge, huge factor for the business, I think. So, and I thought Amazon had like, I thought their their film and TV studio was just a rounding error. Why are they having to hit people up for three dollars more a month? <laughs> Isn't that pun does that punch a hole in the myth that they have all this money? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, Amazon's real business goal at large has become a major, a bigger player in advertising, um, you know, to challenge the Google, Google and Meta's, you know, kind of stranglehold on it. So this is the next lever they're pulling. Uh, and it's a major one. That's, you know, I mean, I know what the estimate is, I would say that maybe there's 45 million Amazon Prime Video subscribers somewhere in there, 40 million probably. So and all of them are now getting ads. They're now the largest SBOT ad tier in the business. So they've surpassed Hulu, Peacock, you know, they are now going to be in that position, which that's for, that's a lot more ad impressions. That's a lot more heft of being able to, you know, cut deals with advertisers and things like that, where, you know, Disney, Disney plus has 3.3 million. I mean, it does, you know, you're going to compete with that. Netflix is barely, you know, on the rate, they don't even report it. It's not a, a meaningful enough business line. So this is a big switch that's going to take place come January um, that will also have major trickle down effects into the 
again, the advertising economy, that's money that's not going to Paramount, money that's not going to, to NBCU. You know, if Amazon can suck more of those streaming dollars, which is an increasing part of the business away from the studios, that could be a big deal. You know, more to come, come early 2024, but uh, definitely a big shift that maybe was a sixth item in some coverage this morning that I was reading. And it just, it was it's like, oh, Amazon's adding some commercials. How nice. That was literally, you know, the take on it. So anyway, Elaine, you didn't get back to me. What time were we going to Expendables for today? What uh, did you want to go to the five or the 730 tonight? Which time are we going? Listen, I'm just uh, saving up all of my coins so I can wear a big sparkly outfit to uh, the Taylor Swift uh, premiere. Oh, couple of weeks. You have your tickets, right? Yeah, I'm planning to. I think it's like the first time I'll have gone to a theater in many months. <laughs> It's book club too. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine's year and year and review for the movies is going to be real interesting this year. <laughs> Richard, are you going to Taylor Swift? I haven't asked you this. Uh, you know, I was a backup singer on the tour, so I, I, oh, I you've already I seen saw it. the okay. concert like a hundred <laughs> times already. So I, I just, so uh, over it. I don't need to watch it. He's waiting for Olivia Rodrigo now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I I thought at this uh, advanced age I I was qualified to become an expendable uh, at this point, but I, <laughs> I haven't been asked yet. Uh, you know, Richard, part five. I'm pretty sure they're going they're going to need you at that point. Quite frankly, so uh, I'm not even sure who's in that movie anymore. But uh, yeah, anyway, we'll see how that goes in the September box office uh, travails. Oh, the uh, well, the the Talking Heads movie is also in IMAX uh, this this weekend, Richard. So maybe that uh, you, did you see that? That I would like to say, yes. I recall when the, I'm old enough to remember when the, that concert uh, actually happened and wanting to go to the concert at the time. Well, well, IMAX is almost like being there, Richard. You can go re relive your youth there. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I that. uh, so that's uh, yes, in theaters and IMAX this weekend. So there is your box office. Um, again, subscribe to Strike Guys at strikeguys.com, totally free. And Elaine will update you uh, later today. She promises, I would imagine, or whatever time it might be, right, Elaine? I'll be there with enthusiasm. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> very happy to do it. Uh, there you go. Uh, and of course, you can subscribe to the Ankler at theankler.com to get the full suite of newsletters and podcasts, and follow the Ankler at the Ankler on the socials. Uh, and that's about it, guys. Good to see each of you. Uh, you know, kind of a, a limbo week, so to speak, but keep it a good thought. And I think Elaine is probably the. What's the, what's the phrase again, Elaine? Cautious optimism, cautiously optimistic. Go negotiators. If you need a deli platter or anything, we'll, we'll run right over with one. Cheesecake Factory's right there, guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.